Chapter two, section two of A Practical View of the Prevailing Religious System by William Wilberforce. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Lillis. Chapter two, The Corruption of Human Nature. Section two, Evil Spirit, Natural State of Man. But in addition to all which has been yet stated, the Word of God instructs us that we have to contend not only with our own natural depravity, but with the power of darkness, the evil spirit who rules in the hearts of the wicked, and whose domain we learn from Scripture to be so general as to entitle him to the denomination of the Prince of this world. There cannot be a stronger proof of the difference which exists between the religious systems of the Scriptures and that of the bulk of nominal Christians than the proof which is afforded by the subject now in question. The existence and agency of the evil spirit, though so distinctly and repeatedly affirmed in Scripture, are almost universally exploded in a country which professes to admit the authority of the sacred volume. Some other doctrines of revelation, the force and real meaning of which are commonly in a great degree explained away, are yet conceded in general terms. But this seems almost by universal consent to have been abandoned as a post no longer tenable. It is regarded as an evanescent prejudice which it would now be a discredit to any man of understanding to believe like ghosts and witches and other phantoms which haunted the night of superstition it cannot in these more enlightened times stand the test of our severer scrutiny to be suffered to pass away quietly is as much as it can hope for and it might rather expect to be laughed off the stage as a just object of contempt and derision but although the scripture doctrine concerning the evil spirit is thus generally exploded yet were we to consider the matter seriously and fairly we should probably find ground for believing that there is no better reason for its being abandoned than that many absurd stories concerning the spirits and apparitions have been used to be believed and propagated amongst weak and credulous people and that the evil spirit not being the object of our bodily eyes it would be an instance of the same weakness to give credit to the doctrine of its existence and agency but to be consistent with ourselves we might almost as well on the same principle deny the reality of all other incorporeal beings what is there in truth in the doctrine which is in itself improbable or which is not confirmed by analogy we see in fact that there are wicked men enemies to god and malignant toward their fellow-creatures who take pleasure and often succeed in drawing in others to the commission of evil why then should it be deemed incredible that there may be one or more spiritual intelligences of similar natures and propensities who may in like manner be permitted to tempt men to the practice of sin surely we may retort upon our opponents the charge of absurdity and justly accuse them of gross inconsistency in admitting without difficulty the existence and operation of these qualities in a material being and yet denying them in an immaterial one in direct contradiction to the authority of scripture which they allow to be conclusive when they cannot and will not pretend for a moment that there is anything belonging to the nature of matter to which these qualities naturally adhere but to dilate no farther on a topic which, however it may excite the ridicule of the inconsiderate, will suggest matter of furious apprehension to all who form their opinions on the authority of the word of God. Thus, brought as we are into captivity and exposed to danger, depraved and weakened within and tempted from without, it might well fill our hearts with anxiety to reflect, quote, that the day will come, end quote, when, quote, the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved and the elements shall melt with fervent heat when the dead small and great shall stand before the tribunal of god and we shall have to give account of all things done in the body we are naturally prompted to turn over the page of revelation with solicitude in order to discover the qualities and character of our judge and the probable principles of his determination but this one serves to turn painful apprehension into fixed and certain terror first of the qualities of our judge 
as all nature bears witness to his irresistible power so we read in scripture that nothing can escape his observation or elude his discovery not our actions only but our most secret cogitations are open to his view Quote, he is about our path and about our bed and spieth out all our ways End quote. psalm eighty nine verse three quote, the lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imaginations of the thoughts End quote. first chronicles twenty eight verse nine Quote, and he will bring to light the hidden things out of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart now here is description and character and the rule of his award Quote, the lord our god is a consuming fire even a jealous god he is of purer eyes than to behold iniquity the soul that sinneth it shall die the wages of sin is death End quote. these positive declarations are enforced by the accounts which for our warning we read in sacred history of the terrible vengeance of the almighty his punishment quote, the angels who kept not their first estate and whom he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day End quote the fate of sodom and gomorrah the sentence issued against the idolatrous nations of canaan and of which the execution was assigned to the israelites by the express command of god at their own peril in case of disobedience the ruin of babylon and of tyre and of nineveh and of jerusalem prophetically denounced as punishment of their crimes and taking place in an exact and terrible accordance with the divine predictions these are indeed matter of awful perusal sufficient surely to confound the fallacious confidence of any who on the ground that our creator must be aware of our natural weakness and must be of course disposed to allow for it should allege that though unable indeed to justify ourselves in the sight of god we need not give way to such gloomy apprehensions but might throw ourselves with assured hope on the infinite benevolence of the supreme being it is indeed true that with the threatenings of the word of god there are mixed many gracious declarations of pardon on repentance and through amendment but alas which of us is there whose conscience must not reproach him for having trifled with the long-suffering of god and with having but ill kept the resolutions of amendment which he had some time or other formed in the seasons of recollection and remorse and how is the disquietude naturally excited by such a retrospect confirmed and heightened by passages like these Quote, because i have called and ye refused i have stretched out my hand and no man regarded but ye have set it not all my counsel and would none of my reproof i will also laugh at your calamity i will mock when your fear cometh when your fear cometh as desolation and when your destruction cometh as a whirlwind when distress and anguish cometh upon you then they shall call upon me but i will not answer they shall seek me early but they shall not find me for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the lord End quote. proverbs one verse twenty four to twenty nine the apprehensions which must be excited by thus regarding the recorded judgments and awful language of scripture are confirmed to the acquisitive and attentive mind by a close observation of the moral constitution of the world such a one will find occasion to remark that all which has been suggested of the final consequences of vice is in strict analogy to what we may observe in the ordinary course of human affairs wherein it will appear on a careful survey that god has so assigned to things their general tendencies and established such an order of causes and effects as however interrupted here below by hindrances and obstructions apparently of a temporary nature loudly proclaim the principles of his moral government and strongly suggest that vice and imprudence will finally terminate in misery not that this species of proof was wanted for that which we must acknowledge on weighing the evidence to be a revelation from god requires not the aid of such a confirmation 
but yet as this accordance might be expected between the words and the works the past and the future ordinations of the same almighty being it is no idle speculation to remark that the visible constitution of things in the world around us falls in with the representations here given from scripture of the dreadful consequences of vice nay even of what is commonly termed inconsiderateness and imprudence if such then be indeed our sad condition what is to be done is there no hope nothing left for us quote, but a fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversaries End quote. hebrews ten verse twenty seven blessed be god we are not shut up irrecoverably in this sad condition quote, turn you to the stronghold ye prisoners of hope End quote. hear one who proclaims his designation quote, to heal the broken-hearted to preach liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind End quote they who have formed a true notion of their lost and helpless state will most gladly listen to the sound and most justly estimate the value of such a deliverance and this is the cause which renders it of such pressing moment not to pass cursorily over those important topics of the original and superinduced corruption and weakness of man a discussion painful and humiliating to the pride of human nature to which the mind lends itself with difficulty and hearkens with a mixture of anger and disgust but well suited to our case and like the distasteful lessons of adversity permanently useful in its consequences it is here never let it be forgotten that our foundation must be laid otherwise our superstructure whatever we may think of it will one day or other prove tottering and insecure this is therefore no metaphysical speculation but a practical matter slight and superficial conceptions of our state of natural degradation and our insufficiency to recover from it ourselves fall in too well with our natural inconsiderateness and produce that fatal insensibility to the divine warning to quote, flee from the wrath to come end quote, which we cannot but observe to prevail so generally having no due sense of the malignity of our disease and of its dreadful issue we do not set ourselves to work in earnest to obtain the remedy as to a business arduous indeed but indispensable for it must ever be carefully remembered that this deliverance is not forced on us but offered to us we are furnished indeed with every help and are always to bear in mind that we are unable of ourselves to will or to do rightly but we are plainly admonished to quote, work out our own salvation with fear and trembling End quote. philippians two verse twelve watchful for we are encompassed with dangers quote, putting on the whole armor of god End quote. for quote, we are beset with enemies End quote. may we be enabled to shake off that lethargy which is so apt to creep upon us for this end a deep practical conviction of our natural depravity and weakness will be found of eminent advantage as it is by this we must at first be roused from our fallacious security so by this we must be kept wakeful and active unto the end let us therefore make it our business to have this doctrine firmly seated in our understandings and radically worked into our hearts with a view to the former of these objects we should often seriously and attentively consider the firm grounds on which it rests it is plainly made known to us by the light of nature and irresistibly enforced on us by the dictates of our unassisted understandings but lest there should be any so obstinately dull as to not discern the force of the evidence suggested to our reason and confirmed by all experience or rather so heedless as to not notice it the authoritative stamp of revelation is superadded as we have seen to complete the proof and we must therefore be altogether inexcusable if we still remain unconvinced by such accumulated mass of argument but we must not only assent to the doctrine clearly but feel it strongly to this end let the power of habit be called to our aid 
let us accustom ourselves to refer to our natural depravity as to their primary cause the sad instances of vice and folly of which we read or which we see around us or to which we feel the propensities in our own bosoms ever vigilant and distrustful of ourselves and looking with an eye of kindness and pity on the faults and infirmities of others whom we should learn to regard with the same tender concern as that with which the sick are used to sympathize with those who are suffering under the same distemper as themselves this lesson once well acquired we shall feel the benefit of it in all our future progress and though it be a lesson which we are slow to learn it is one in which the study and experience the incidents of every day and every fresh observation of the workings of our own heart will gradually concur to perfect us let it not after all then be our reproach and at length our ruin that these abundant means of instruction are possessed in vain end of section two